Welcome to another episode of Everyday El Dorado. I'm your host, Deanna Bond, and I'm here to share my perspective on the fine art of living well every day in El Dorado. On this week's episode, we listen in to the Mayor's Prayer Breakfast held on National Day of Prayer, May 2nd, 2019. Good, good morning, everyone. I don't get to do that very often, so thank you. Um, welcome this morning. Um, I'm, pardon me, on wheels. Welcome this morning. I'm Vince Haynes, Mayor of El Dorado. Um, this is one of the privileged events that we get to, that I get to host. Um, and to say that I do the work for it is, is completely erroneous. I won't take that credit. Thanks for Gene Plummer and the Chamber for hosting today and Great Western for the great breakfast. So thanks to, to everyone for that. <clears throat> I'm a bit of a trivia and history uh, person, so I'm gonna, and, and Jean was kind enough to print off some things for me today, and she evidently knew I kind of like trivia. Um, but her eyesight's a lot better than mine, evidently. She printed it at only uh, 16th inch, so. Or what is that, four point font, something like that. <clears throat> so a little bit about today, why are we here? I mean, National Prayer Day, we're certainly here for obvious reasons, but let's, I'm going to give you a little bit of background, if you bear with me. The first call of prayer in America was 1775. 1775. You were there. Larry was there. I don't know where to go from there, Larry. <laughs> I just dropped this mic. <clears throat> Um, our forefathers certainly saw the importance of prayer. We read it in a lot of our early uh, documents and we cherish it in our, in our way of life. 1775, when the Continental Congress asked the colonies to pray for wisdom in forming a nation. I think God was with us when we formed this nation. Their prayers were answered, in my opinion. President Lincoln proclaimed a day of humiliation, fasting, and prayer in 1863. In 1952, a joint resolution by Congress, let's pause on that for a moment, a joint resolution of Congress, <clears throat> signed by President Truman, declared a national day of prayer. <clears throat> in 1988, the law was amended and signed by President Reagan to permanently set this day, the first Thursday in May, as the national day of prayer. So we are, participating, we are participating today in something that's going on across our whole country and something that's embraced by mayors all the way up to the president. Um, I think that adds a level of levity to today. Um, as you spend today in prayer, as you, uh, I think I, you know, a prayer for our nation is always is, is always welcomed. It's been welcomed since 1775. So with that, we'll have our opening day prayer by Pastor Wade Graver. Good morning. 
Uh, before I pray, some reminders of other prayer times today. One is listed in your folder at noon today at the courthouse. Pastor Dave will be leading that. Uh, today from 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock at TCG services, we're going to have the prayer banner out and you can come pray with us or if you want prayed for, there will be somebody there to pray for you. Also 7 o'clock every Tuesday morning at TCG, there is a prayer gathering. And then also Monday night, I saw Mike somewhere, where does he go? Oh, he's back there. Uh, the Dudex have opened their home at 114 West Central and at 7 o'clock on Monday nights, you can go and pray openly and celebrate the Lord there. So there are some prayer pockets that you can be a, a part of and participate in. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being here in the room with us, Lord. We bless you. We worship you. Praise your name. God, we've come to exalt your name together. We are thrilled for your presence, Lord, for coming here and the realities of the promise of your word where two or more gathered in your name. And of course, Lord, for your indwelling Holy Spirit, we are grateful for a uh, omnipresence, Lord, that we get to celebrate every moment of every day with you. Now, Lord, today as we come together, we realize we are, we are part of a prayer dynamic going on across our country and prayerfully around the world. Now, Lord, we realize that you set the standard high, you set the bar high because you told us, commanded us, love one another as I have loved you. So, Lord, we pray that you help us to grasp, even this day, more and more the realities of what your love is about, that you have a pure, unconditional, infinite, extraordinary, sacrificial love for us that is unending, that is totally amazing, that is indescribable, and we will spend all of our lives trying to discover and understand the heights and depths and lengths and breadths of that love for us. So, Lord, as we comprehend and understand your love, for us, help us to love others in the same way. Lord, as we come in this time, we pray your anointing and blessing on this gathering, on all in Kim and all who share. Lord, that you be glorified, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. As part of our tradition, we'll have some readings from the Old and New Testament. I will introduce both readers here uh, at once. Um, Shelley Merrick, which is a sister of our speaker, Kim, We'll read New Testament, or Old Testament, excuse me, New Testament by Isla Jean Crawford, the mother of our speaker. Thank you. Good morning. I will be reading from two verses from Proverbs chapter 16, verses 6 and 25. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for, and by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. I'm reading Matthew 13, verses 34 and 35. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. All men will know that you now have our disciples if you love one another. Today's theme of love one another is kind of fitting. Um, I will, uh, it's my pleasure to, to introduce our speaker today. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, speaker's probably the wrong word. I'm going to introduce the person who's going to share their story today. Um, she is a, she and I were in high school together. She was a year or so ahead of me, but so I, I've known Kim for a while and been able to watch 
uh, watch her in, in this community, and she's done great things. <clears throat> she was a sought-after soloist in her teen and early adult years, you know, a beautiful voice. A mother of five children, Anna, Gabe, Luke, Josiah, and Elijah, and two grandchildren. She stepped out on faith and applied for a part-time job at the Pregnancy Family Resource Center and is now the uh, director's position. Much of this is her story to tell, so I'm not going to spoil it. Please welcome, please, Kim Fox. I appreciate how you had to say that I was like a year ahead of you or two. <laughs> Thanks a lot. And I really appreciate my older sister reading the scripture. <laughs> and my mother, who happens to be older than me, reading the scripture. So I appreciate that. I can tell right now who are the morning people and who are not. Um, I'll let you guess what I am. I move, and we probably could do a vote right now, but I move that next year we make this the National Day of Prayer at a supper. <laughs> and I brought two talks, amen? I got it from my dad, yes. I brought two talks. One is really, really good, um, but I would have given that at the supper. And then the other <laughs> is for the breakfast. I thought it would be, it's a little lighter. Wow, that is scary. Shelly, this thing rolls. That reminds me of many stories, usually where I ended up on the carpet. But we'll, uh, we'll go for not that, unless I need to wake up some people. But um, I have a timer here that I'm going to set so that none of you are late to work. So if I'm still talking when this goes off, just go ahead and leave. My family does it all the time. Jean asked me to, well, Jean didn't really ask. Does Jean really ask? Jean tells with the, I, and I don't even think she said I think, God is telling me that you're supposed to speak at the mayor's breakfast. Um, so are you going to tell him no or yes? So I said yes to God and Jean. I'm, I'm, I have a fear of both. But um, <laughs> anyway, I wanted just to share a testimony. The theme this year for the National Day of Prayer is to love one another. And I was sharing with a group, Pastor Rica, around Valentine's Day. And last night I, I seriously wrote a testimony to share with you. Oh, I didn't start the timer. <laughs> Two more minutes for me. Um, but as I was coming as last night and I was kind of looking over that, I really did decide that it would be more appropriate should I go back to that talk because it talked about I shared about and felt led to share about the ways that God has loved me and shown his love to me through the years. And many, many times, if not most times, he uses people to show his love to us. And uh, so I'm just going to give you a highlight of that. Know that the story, while it just skims on the surface of really what the Lord has done in my life, involves a lot of um, wonderful things. Growing up in El Dorado, I mean, who could want more, right? And uh, we've, we have a lot of great things around us. Growing up in a home that made sure I was in church at least about three times a week. We hit Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Um, 
And, and that was a wonderful thing too. My parents gave me a safe home to grow up in and uh, used to be that was just something you counted on, that was just a given. But as we know, our culture continues to change and that's not a given for everyone and I don't take it lightly. I'm very grateful for my parents and for the prayers they prayed over me and for the places that they took me and the experiences they gave me. Um, but having said all that, I also chose my own way. And I had my sister read the scripture that talks about man does what seems right in his own eyes, and in the end it leads to death. I did that path many, many times in my life, and I can assure you that scripture is true. Many times it leads to death or to destruction or to things in our lives. Um, I chose that path, but you would have heard more about that at the supper. Sorry. So... Um, some of you have heard this story, but I just need it to wake up. Um, in, in eight years of time frame when I got married, uh, we had eight children. Eight. Did I say eight children? Wow. I don't remember three of them. I think I'll just stick with, I think I have five children. One in heaven, but five here. Wow. See, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> Did I really say eight children? That's funny. Uh, I have five children, and after the last was born, I kept thinking, you know, I am not going to slow down. This is not going to slow me down at all. Um, we happened to have some convention we were going to in Kansas City, so I decided I would take all five children with me into the mall. Um, everyone else was busy. I had a stroller, and I had one daughter and four boys. So we, uh, if you would have been in that parking lot, you may have reported our van because it was just shaking back and forth as we were inside getting ready and prepared to go into the uh, mall. I changed diapers on the two babies that were in diapers. I got everybody assigned. Anna's my right hand. And the boys, uh, Gabe was on one side. Anna was supposed to go in front of us and part the waves. Uh, the two babies were in the stroller. I don't know where Luke was, frankly, but I think he was there somewhere. I didn't lose him that day, so he was hanging out too. So we approached the mall. We went in. <clears throat> it wasn't very busy. Um, those shiny floors and here we go and the kids are like going through and we're all excited to be there and then I hear the dreaded sound of um, I don't know maturity sophistication it's called little stiletto hills that you hear and so I turned in my flat shoes tennis mom tennis shoes and sure enough there was a beautiful woman going to her day job looking elegant and clipping along on the floor clip 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 as those heels would make that sound. And I don't know, they just brought something out of me like, yeah, whatever, type of that. And so I'm walking along and I can feel, well, I can hear her slowing down as she approaches the scene. Um, and so she's clip, 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 and then slowly is clip, clip. And I know she's counting the children. And I know five in some of my groups of friends, you know, hang around with the McVeighs and different kids, five is nothing. But apparently to this woman, it was a lot because she started slowing down and then she saw the baby, the newborn baby in the back part of the stroller. And you heard her gasp, do you run a daycare? And I said, no, they're all mine. I know you can't believe I look this good. I didn't say that part, but I thought it. To which she said, you are a saint. And then she clip clipped up on and I thought, why, thank you. I thought it was a message from the Lord that I was a saint, and I went on and really felt secure in that, uh, her opinion of me. I just was, that made me feel really good. I then would go out and speak to different places. I took my daughter, Anna, with me. She was eight. 
we went to uh, a home and I was sharing, it was a smaller crowd, and I was just sharing some fun stories. And I told them about that story about the saint, to which Anna kept going, no, mommy, mommy. Which is really rude, and she took after her father with that. And I just was like, "Wow, we got to get control of this girl." So finally, it was kind of awkward. I said, "What? I, you know how you act like you love them, like when you call your mom at work, and you're fighting with your sister over the phone, and your mom's like, when I get home, I'm gonna just spank you.' Okay, bye. Have a great day. You know that type of voice." What, Anna? Do you have something to tell Mama? She goes, yes, Mommy. Mom, she didn't say you're a saint. She said, you're insane. <laughs> so, let that sink in, and you can determine whether I'm a saint or a, or a uh, insane. I think I'm somewhere in between. But that kind of describes my life. I feel like I swing... Well, I don't swing very close to the same part, but I stay real close to the insane part, walk that line with a crazy life. But the life had storms, um, and I really am not gonna go into those today because we have such a small time, and my point of being here is to share with you how the Lord has shown his love to me. So know that this experience comes from some brokenness. You know, I always tell people, when you were little, and you were pretending. I don't know what you pretended to be. Some of you were supermen. Some of you were firemen. Um, I personally wanted to be just a couple things. I wanted to be a mom. I always had a doll in my arms, and I was always playing that I was a mom and a wife. I always played that I was a teacher uh, to a room full of stuffed animals. Um, I would go around and make them do the wrong thing because I loved that red pin. I don't know that that's how teachers feel, but... Let's face it, if everybody's perfect, it's boring. But the red pen would come out, and I would circle all their papers. <laughs> I know, I'm strange. And I would also be a singer, and I would get the towel on my head and have long hair. And when Mom and Dad were gone, this was going on behind the scenes, I would be Karen Carpenter. And I would love to sing to crowds and crowds and thousands of people and encourage them with my rainy days on Mondays. Um, if you don't know that, you need to listen to it. But anywho... Um, just know that after that, you don't grow up and you don't play. That when you grow up, you're going to have some anxiety. You're going to have some panic attacks. That you're going to know what depression feels like a little bit. That you're going to know what a divorce feels like when you have your idol up here with your family. You don't pretend that. Nobody grows up and thinks that's what's going to happen. And that's what I think at the Pregnancy and Family Resource Center, we deal with families that are doing great. And we deal with families that are struggling. As just as in yesterday with a 16-year-old that came in pregnant and weeping and sobbing with her mother. You know, she didn't grow up thinking I'm going to end up pregnant when I'm 16 and life's going to stop and I'm going to have to make these big decisions, adult decisions. That's not what came to her mind and none of us grew up that way. And I was the same with that. But know that what I'm sharing with you comes from an experience of 52, I know, 52 years, you're gasping. Gee, I didn't know she was a day over 35. But um, I uh, come with a lot of tears, a lot of baggage from poor choices on myself, um, a divorce, a remarriage, a stepson um, that sometimes struggles and learning to walk that out, five amazing kids that God gave me, and I walk through all that, and I have a lot of tears, and a lot of times on my knees, um, at raising seven of us on one income of a teacher was very rough. It's a little stressful. Um, all those years and all that time, and I come to you today with the testimony that God is faithful. 
that is redemptive. He loves to redeem. And uh, I think that's why he has me doing what I do now at the center. Um, so these are the ways he's loved on me. Scripture has been a light unto my path. My whole life I felt God's presence. I really have. Um, sometime I was that little girl running away from home, and you know that the father's behind the little girl in the car. He's not going to let her out of his sight. But she's running away. She's going to show something. I was that girl sometimes running away, but I was always aware of God's presence with me. Um, so his word has always come to me and shown me that he, he loves me. If you go to 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about the love of God, that love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always hopes, always trusts, always perseveres. Love never, you're still, those morning people, gotta love them. So his scripture has, has shown me that. He also has shown me um, all of it through my family as well. But two years ago, in a whole new way, I became a grandma. Or as Jeannie calls me, Gaga. Lady Gaga to you guys. <laughs> hey, Shelly, would you bring my water to me? I love bossing my sister around. My older sister. <laughs> Who looks younger. <laughs> Anyway, oh, there's no sin. <clears throat> uh, Junie was born, and everybody tries to prepare you for that, but nobody can, can they? The love you feel for that child, wow. You're not sure they have a sin nature. <laughs> then they turn two, and you realize they do. But June has opened up my life, and the love I feel for her is amazing. And the ability to hand her back to her parents uh, and say, God bless you. <laughs> You parent your, your children so that you can love on your grandchildren and you don't have to raise them, you hope. But Junie um, has shown me the love of God as I watch and feel my own heart just explode. And then Piper came just this past year, but they are probably, I had pictures, but we don't have a screen and such. So just picture the cutest little girl you've ever seen, times that times 100, and you might have June and Piper. They are adorable. And one time, Anna sent me, my daughter sent me a video of June playing with little pretend dishes and stuff on the floor. And I thought, first of all, I thought she was a prodigy because the smart way that she played was amazing. And I was watching her and I was, at my heart, truly just hurt with love. And I felt like the Holy Spirit, God, you kind of start to learn his voice in your heart. And I felt like he was speaking to me. Now you're starting to get just a piece of how I love you. I delight over you. I love you. The Lord has been showing me his love for me as I grandparent these kids. It's, it's quite amazing. And we have a little song that we sing. Jean, uh, Jane, what's your name? Jean? Jean, Jane, and Jean asked me to sing today. Um, the orchestra didn't show up, and I paid them really well. So I'm going to need the city to reimburse me on that. But I'm teasing, guys. So just relax. But I'm going to sing you a little song. It's very profound, and I sing it to June all the time. And uh, it's called, uh, I love you, a bushel and a peck, a bushel and a peck, and a hug around the neck. And you have to do it with a little bit of a twang. Hug around the neck, and a bushel and a peck. I 
love you. And then she goes, boop, boop, be doop, because I taught her that, and it's adorable. So I sing her that, and I sing Jesus Loves Me, and that's how she goes down when I get a keeper. And uh, oh, my heart, as you can tell, and oh, God's heart for us. And oh, how he loves, according to Zephaniah, to sing over us. Piper, uh, this is a picture behind me of Piper, Anna, and my sister Shelly, my parents. Uh, My sister's my only sibling, and for all the years I grew up, I kind of wanted to be like her. She was the tomboy. We have hilarious videos of her being the tomboy and popping the willies, and then I would come with my bows in my hair and my long banana purple seat bike and uh, waving at the camera. And Shelly's behind, and I always thought that looked more fun, but I was just drawn to be beautiful. I mean, I can't help it. Um, (laughs) That was a little too loud of a laugh. Um, Anyway, my sister, the Lord brought her back after 10 years of being in the Philippines with her family, and he brought her back here, and it has been a joy. And the Lord has used my family to love on me through the years in a way that only family can, can. And the way that God intended family knows the worst of you, but loves you, right? As messy as we get, we pray and hope that our family is still there. Some of us don't have that, and God allows us to have family in church, family around us. But the family unit is so, so important. And God has shown me that through my sister and my parents and the relationship that we have. Another way the Lord has shown me love is uh, creation. You know why it's so powerful when you go to, how many of you grew up going to summer camp, a Christian summer camp? Anybody? Wow. Only about five of you. The rest of you are either asleep or you didn't grow up going to summer camp. We need to make an adult one because there's something that happened. They did two amazing things that pretty much just secured the fact that you were going to grow closer to the Lord. One, they took your phone. Of course, we didn't have phones back in, I mean, we had phones (laughs) Uh, anyway, they took our smoke signals and they put them away. And they also put us in, in nature. God speaks in nature. He speaks to us if, if we just pause for a minute. And the one thing, Kansas can get a bad rap, but I love Kansas. Um, I would like to give a nod to Colorado. I was born there and I love Colorado. But Kansas, no one has sunsets like we have. No one has those rolling hills like that. It's, it's quite an amazing thing, and sunsets speak to me. Frankly, because I don't see sunrises. I'm sure they're beautiful, but sunsets, they speak to me. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about going up in the air and a little bit about seeing them from the air in a plane. But sunsets speak to me. One day, my husband and I were up in little Charlie Brown that I'm going to talk about, and I could not, we have our little headphones on, um, and the microphone, you know, is right there, which I love to talk, and Brad loves to listen. <laughs> Bless his heart. But I could not help it one day because I was just overcome with the beauty. The fields were turning green. We were flying over the Flint Hills. The sun was setting, and I could not help from within me just to sing, Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder Consider all the worlds thy hands have made. Well, I see the stars, and I hear the rolling thunder, and there proclaim, my God, how great thou art. 
Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, could not help but sing that to the Lord when I was out in that creation. And I think all of us, I just want to remind you today on this National Day of, faith, of Favor, I pray, of prayer, that we get outside, breathe the spring air, stand in the rain, be alive. Some of the hardest times in my life, actually, my sister was encouraging me just to get outside and get under the stars, remembering how small we are and how big he is. Creation speaks that he loves me. The Lord's taught me a lot about the man behind me. Oh, yeah. Well, picture him. Picture the most handsome man. That's my husband, Brad. And uh, we have been married four years this summer. And when you say that at 52, that shares the story of brokenness in itself. And yet, it also shares the redeeming love of a father who brought a faithful, loving... It's morning, and we just cry in the morning, don't we? Because we have to get up, but I'm crying this morning because of how faithful and sweet God has been to give me Brad. And so when I sang that, when I talked uh, at this last time I went and spoke, and I, I sang this song to him. You guys want to hear it? My sister does. Thank you, children. But I sang this to him because it really fits. Wise men say. Only fools rush in, but I can't help falling in love with you. Shall I stay, and would it be a sin if I can't help falling in love with you? For like a river Darling, so it goes, some things were meant to be. And take my hand, and take my whole heart too, cause I can't help falling in love with you. And I sang that to Brad. Um, which he just kind of looked embarrassed, but I know he meant a lot to him. But uh, he doesn't like all that attention. But I sang that with all my heart, and the fact that I can sing that and stand in front of you and mean it with all my heart means there is a God. Because I have known the pain of rejection. I have known the pain of brokenness. And the fact that God could bring healing to a heart that could then sing that to another man is a miracle. So I testify of that to you, that God's love heals all wounds. And I'm thankful for Brad. Uh, the next picture, I know, I just have to say that, I don't know. Would have been the pictures of the biggest shoes you've probably seen. I have a son in love that is six foot five, 
and his shoes are like this big. <laughs> I also went fishing and I caught a fish that big. But anyway, it might not have been quite that big, but they were huge and they were sitting by the front door when they were visiting and Junie's shoes were right beside his, her little pink shoes, and they were tiny. So we had tiny shoes sitting by huge shoes. And I took a picture that day, and they have a wonderful app that you can put scripture with, with it. And I put, you are a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I thought to myself, oh, Lord, and I prayed, as you often do as you're just walking along. He wants to hear our thoughts. Oh, Lord, may those shoes that Nick's, Nick is wearing, may they guide those little feet to you constantly. May they remember they have someone following them. Amen? And so we have to be careful because in parenting, it's such a big discipleship of our children. And trust me, I messed up a lot. But one of the most beautiful things you can say to your children is, I'm sorry. And God's grace is sufficient. And your children grow up to respect you because you knew how to say sorry. But I pray for those big feet, to be aware of those little feet. And I thought of God again. Who am I following? What do I want my legacy to be? He has led me through valleys of shadow of the death, of death, but I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I am here to testify that is true in the valleys. And I know my pain may be nothing compared to what your pain has been, but pain is pain. And I can testify that God was with me in the valleys. And then you would see a picture of a plane in the air, and it's a little tiny plane, I mean a pretty small plane, and it has an orange and a brown stripe on it, so I named it Charlie Brown. And we take Charlie Brown up, and when uh, my boyfriend at the time said, hey, I pilot, uh, I'm a private pilot, I thought that was so romantic and amazing. I looked it up, according to the whatever Google, it said there's only 0.001% of the world can fly a plane. I'm married to one, so sorry. But anyway, <clears throat> what I didn't tell him when he asked if he could pick me up at the El Dorado Airport was that I was terrified of heights because he was just really cute. And so the Lord and I talked about it, and I said, Father, I'll increase my tithe 10% if you help me not throw up today <laughs> on the plane. I'm teasing. I said 20%. No, I'm teasing. So he picked him up. I still remember him flying in, and I thought, I don't know how I'm going to get on that plane, but I do think it's pretty cool that he can fly into this airport. So he landed it, and I just stood there, didn't tell him anything, got on the plane. Next thing you know, we're taking off. Inside, I am screaming like a little girl, but on the outside, I'm looking at it going, and I tried to keep from throwing up constantly. This is not, this is a true story. Wow, my equilibrium was out of whack. I was up there just going, oh, dear Lord, if I, I want to live. I want to live. And uh, he landed us, which is also scarier than taking off. Uh, Frank, really? Already? Well, I'm taking a couple more minutes. Anyway, um, we have till eight. Did we get out at eight? Five till? Ish. <laughs> Don't, don't tell me that. But anyway, we took off, and we were in this plane, and uh, I did it the second time, and I went the third time. And finally, I was no longer going just because I wanted to be close to um, this amazing man. I actually enjoyed it up there. And my favorite time came to be, like I said, around sunset. And I realized that it was the love of the pilot, my love for the pilot, that got me on that plane. 
And the joy that I felt experienced in that air was amazing. It has become one of my favorite things. He allows me to fly the plane. You have things on the left side and things on the right that you can fly with. And it's amazing. And uh, I thought about life. Isn't life like that? It's for the love of God and the trust in God that we get back in the saddle again in life. It's because he loves us so completely that we can trust him to do things we are terrified of. You may not have noticed because she did a great job, but my mom does not like being in front of people. But it was the love of her daughter and the people that asked her and the love of God that got her up those stairs and made her walk over here. Shelly's a natural at it. But she read that because she loved somebody. And we can do that in life. We can trust God. He loves us. And we can get back in the plane. You're Charlie Brown. And he will take you to adventures you never dreamed. Because remember the little child that played dolls and all the stuffed animals and all of that? There was a season I thought all was lost. Everything was broken. Every night I went to sleep and cried. And if I would have been told, the best is yet to come. Grandchildren are coming. Your children are going to grow up and love Jesus. You're going to have a friend's in your children, and they're going to delight you. And you're going to be married to a man that will love you like you have never been loved. And you're going to fly in a plane and look out over the miles, and you're not going to throw up. If I would have heard that, I would have thought, that's crazy. But some little piece of me knew that God could do that. So I believed that no matter where he took me, he would keep me safe. What I didn't tell you is stories of broken ankles, the one piece of ice in the entire state of Kansas that my foot found. I didn't tell you that a couple years after that, the three surgeries with kidney stones and an appendix. <laughs> Different times, of course. I wonder if they would have given me a break if you would have gotten an appendix out and some kidney stones. I'll have to check into that. But, and then the time that I thought I could go skiing, I did get a little ahead of things. And, uh, Apparently, the bunny hill is not like a tiny little bump in the ground. It's actually a mountain. Uh, don't let them fool you. And I did break my leg in three places. But besides all those little things that happened in there, besides the panic attacks and the anxiety after one of my children was born and my hormones were out of whack, I still say to you, God is good. And he's faithful. And I'm being prideful to not share with you all the times I have fallen because of my own way of choosing my own path. And I want to guarantee you, he was there. And I'll finish up with a story that uh, very quickly, um, basically redbirds have meant a lot. I actually like the tannic, the red redbirds, not the cardinals, but I, I'll accept either one from the Lord. But we get this thing between us. It started many, many years ago that I asked the Lord to send a redbird if he was happy with me after I sang. I pulled out of the driveway to go sing in church that morning, and the brightest redbird I'd ever seen flew right in front of my car. Uh, I was like, wow, it's before I sang, though, Lord, you kind of messed that up. And I knew the Holy Spirit was saying, I love you before you go and do anything for me. I love you. And that's the message of the Lord for me my whole life. Fast forward to my divorce, um, in which my husband was, uh, my ex-husband was really struggling. And he, I watched God chase that man. 
I want to testify to you that it's not always just on the side of the person that's wounded, it's on the other side too. And if I can't accept that, then I can't accept that God is a redeeming God. But he and I would still talk. We had five children, we went in to raise them, um, and he was struggling. And he wrote me a text one day and he said, I'm on a walk around the Wichita um, River. He goes, you won't believe I heard the loudest bird. And he said, it was a red bird, Kim. Which my response, being the godly woman that I was, was, you gotta be kidding me. You gave him a red bird? Why not give him a blackbird? Why not give him a crow? Why not give him some bluebird? I don't care, but don't give him my red bird. And he said, this bird was singing so loudly and it followed him on this entire walk. He kept looking up and there was the red bird and there was the red bird and there was the red bird. And I took that to the Lord. I didn't say much at the time, but I took it to him and I said, well, the red bird doesn't mean much to me anymore if you're going to share it. And, uh, but the Holy Spirit does speak to our hearts. And all I can do is testify that in my spirit, I felt the Lord say that was for you. To which I said, I don't understand, Lord. How could that be for me? And I felt the Holy Spirit share with me, I know you're struggling. And even though I've released you from this, I don't release myself. I go with him. And I thought, wow. God's love is not constrained to the way that we love. We can only love imperfectly, but his love goes after and I've been able to share that with each of my children who have cried. Because it's important for them to know that God loves us not just when we're doing everything right, but even when we screw up. It is a powerful and consuming love. And I'll finish with this in 2 Corinthians 5. Um, it's talking about the ministry of reconciliation. And if, and if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. But it says in verse 14, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though once we did, and we viewed Christ this way. And it goes on that we are ambassadors for Christ. And really the ministry of the Pregnancy and Family Resource Center that the Lord has in a miracle story of how I became the executive director. He picks insane people to do crazy things because he gets to show off. And he took this broken woman that begged the Lord, please give me a job that will make a difference. Please give me a job where I can share hope that you've shown me. And he took me to a place where young women and young men come in. Some of them are terrified of a pregnancy. And we speak for life and the sanctity of life, but we don't stop there. We talk about families and how God designed them. And we want to be a voice in the community that says, God loves you. You are made in the image of God. He has a plan and a purpose for you, and he loves you, and he made a way through Jesus. And that's what we share all the time. We have over 50 volunteers. We have 10 of those are male coaches that work with our fathers. They get overlooked in our society, and we want to be strong on that point. We have ministered to over 300 women and men this past year, and that doesn't count all the children they represent. Every child, we want to grow up in a safe home. And people need family 
to put on Christ. They need ambassadors to speak the good news. And it's not just the people we think deserve it, which is who, by the way, but it's to all of us who don't deserve it, which is all of us, by the way, to share the good news. So that's what we're doing, and that's why I'm testifying up here today about the goodness of God, how he's ministered to me through all these ways, but the best way and the way that he loves to use is one another. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the second is like this, love one another. And I pray that we do that. So I'll close in prayer. Actually, I think you have someone closing in prayer. So thank you for letting me share today. Um, let me know if you do a supper sometime, and I'll share the other story. God bless you. Thank you, Kim. It's a great story we have. Yeah, thank you. It's not for much I can add to that. Other than I know our community is a great family. There's a lot of great stories in our community, and thank you for sharing. Sometimes I know it's also sometimes the hardest to share in front of your family and friends, so thanks for that. And closing prayer this morning is by Dave Slayton. Thank you all for being here this morning. Uh, I do want to say that... Uh, I was a little bit disappointed. I got the invitation to, to come to the mayor's prayer breakfast, and I thought Vince and I were going to have breakfast together, but uh, surprisingly, when I walked in, I saw all you. So I'd like to ask you to stand, please, as we, we close in prayer. This has been said many, many times, and I just want to repeat it. There is no great movement of God that has ever occurred that does not begin with a prayer of God's people. Let's pray. Dear God and Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you for all that you do for us. We look to you and you alone for the future of, of our city, for the future of our state, for the future of our country. You have placed each of us here at, at this time in history to, uh, to be in this community to serve you and your needs. Thank you for this blessing. Thank you for the people of El Dorado and thank you for the people of Kansas. Forgive us, O oh Lord, for the sins that we have committed against you. Especially here in America, we are failing you by dishonoring one another through our harsh and bitter words about each other. We are failing you through broken relationships. We are failing you with uh, devaluating human life from conception until death. We are failing you in the division of our nation. Lord, we turn from these sinful actions and, and refuse to live this way. Please forgive us now and help us uh, to choose love over hate, unity over division, and life over death. But above all today, Lord, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. It is in his name we come to you, and we ask you to intercede in prayer for our city, our state, and our nation. In the name of Jesus Christ, the only Savior and hope in this world, we pray. Amen. Now I'm not a writer. Okay. So that's.
for me here on Everyday El Dorado, but keep an eye out and an ear open for your source of information on the fine art of living well every day in El Dorado. Have a great day. No, I'm not a writer. Okay. Oh, Elder Radio? Oh my goodness, isn't that clever? Are we gonna have a radio station? Yeah, we already have it. Yeah. Yeah.